the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Saturday, March 4th, 2023. It's another gorgeous day here in paradise, ladies and gentlemen. Breathe deep, my fellow Coloradans. Just look to the west and remind yourself why we tolerate these winters in southern Colorado. That's why. It's gorgeous over there. Soon enough, it'll be spring, then summer, where it's seldom too hot, never too hot, seldom too cold. It's always just about right. Here at the foot of America's Mountain, Pikes Peak, man, I love this place. And I know you do, too. So welcome to True North. I'm your host, Dirk Hobbs. And uh, we're here with another special guest. We'll get to him in just a second. But if you're wondering, where did this show come from? It's an extension of our award-winning publication, North. It's a business, real estate, lifestyle, people publication that's focused on our region, our communities, our projects, and the people who are driving this amazing place forward. So we're going to showcase these people uh, who are making a great positive impact on our region. They're creating jobs and opportunities. They're attracting new employers, creating new and exciting places for us to further and enjoy where we live, work, and play. So enjoy it. I encourage you to take a look at the magazine. Take a look at the people inside the magazine. Go to coloradomediagroup.com and click the magazines and read them online. Or if you want one, we'll send it to you. It's no cost. coloradomediagroup.com forward slash subscribe. Put your stuff in there. We'll send it to you. No strings attached. All right. I want to thank our sponsors, Ramos Law. Salem Media, thank you guys for having us. Appreciate you. Jack in the booth, thank you, brother. All right, today we continue with number two of six conversations with the leading contenders for mayor in Colorado Springs. And he is one of those amazing people that we feature in this last edition uh, with Elsong Richardson on the cover, if you're wondering where to find it. So if you're new to Colorado Springs, 2023 is a, an election year. This is a big election because we're hiring our new boss, our new mayor. Tuesday, April 4th, this election uh, will get underway. Uh, to hire our boss, like I said, uh, to one of the most extraordinary cities, up-and-coming cities in the United States. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just a, a pleasure uh, to welcome Lojinos Gonzalez Jr. to the studio. Good morning, sir. Well, good morning. Thanks for having me I today. I am so glad you're here, man. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. And you, you hail from Central California somewhere? Uh, yeah. My my parents were uh, uh, immigrants from Mexico. Uh, they ended up settling in Central California. Uh, they worked the fields uh, down there in the uh, the groves and, uh, you know, 
raised three children, and uh, they really focused on education and hard work and passed that, uh, uh, those things, those traits down to us. And uh, I really took it to heart. Uh, my father really wanted me to do well in school and emphasize that. And uh, I was so blessed uh, you know, with that support, that fa- uh, family support. Uh, I was able to work hard in uh, school, and uh, you know, I was blessed to have been able to get accepted into the Air Force Academy. And, uh, and I tell people it changed my life, uh, really living what I believe is the American dream uh, and, and why I really and truly believe that, you know, the United States is that land of opportunity uh, that where everyone has an opportunity uh, to, to do great things. Love that testimonial. I mean, I, I want to drill down into that because, you know, the folks that are born and raised here, you know, obviously there's there's kind of a, a posture of entitlement and and. And, hey, you know, this is the way it's always been. But folks that are coming from other places in the world, um, they have a very different perspective. Yeah. And and like I said, having that instilled in me and and also, uh, you know, faith from church, uh, just something that has really uh, stayed with me. And and that's why I believe in service to others, community service, giving back to our community. Uh, it's why, I, you know, I served in the military for 20 years after, you know, graduating for the academy. Thank you for uh, your service. Oh, thank you. Appreciate and, and, that. Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, 20 years uh, as an intelligence officer working around the United States and around the country, uh, really learned a lot. Uh, always wanted to give back. Uh, uh, I, I will mention, if it's okay, just uh, you know, my, my military highlight. Uh, I, I tell this story often. Highlight of my military career, I was stationed down in uh, Columbia, uh, South America at the embassy working uh, uh, as an intelligence uh, director down there and when uh, uh, working with uh, collaboration with the Colombians uh, host nation wow. of execution of a successful hostage rescue. Uh, three Americans got brought back uh, to the United States after uh, they were captured and uh, held uh, hostages by uh, insurgents down there for over five years. Uh, so it was amazing highlight of, uh, again, my military career happened on the 2nd of July in 2008. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the amazing part there was two days later was the 4th of July. So the celebration that at that embassy, uh, is the, the, the most vivid in my mind. I, I've never seen fireworks that meant so much or a, a flag waving, uh, that, you know, looked so big, uh, you know, in the aftermath of something like that. So, uh, it was a, a amazing career. And, and after that, I came back to, uh, to, uh, uh, Colorado, retired out of uh, San Antonio, my last military assignment, and came back because I love the beauty of this area from having gone to the academy here mm-hmm. and uh, loved it. Uh, came back and uh, wanted to continue giving back. And so after I uh, uh, two years at Northcom, I, I decided to be a school teacher. So uh, I had done my undergraduate work in middle school education, and uh, so I was working at Carmel that are on the south side because I wanted to give back to the community. That's right. I wanted to work back again, uh, mentor the uh, the uh, the areas on the south southeast part of the Springs where we have a you know higher uh, higher minority area, uh, lower income, but uh, I wanted to make sure that they saw somebody uh, that they could relate to that could be a success and be a mentor and example to them. Uh, and I continue to do that in the South. I still substitute teach every now and then if I get a chance. Uh, my schedule is real tight, but I still try to get in there to be a, a mentor to uh, to them, as well as anywhere in the in the, in the Colorado Springs or El Paso County. Uh, I try to speak and be a guest speaker so I can get the word on, you know, you can be anything you want. Uh, and, uh, you know, I continue to give that service to others at my church as a volunteer and uh, on a lot of different local boards as well. Love it. Appreciate the background. So mom and dad come over from Mexico. Now, were you born here or did you come in tow with them? Uh, no, so I was a I was born in Texas, uh, okay. but uh, but only lived there for about two years, and then they they did uh, finally settled in uh, Central California, a small mm-hmm. town, agriculture of about three thousand people, Strathmore. Sure. Uh, so I, I was raised there my entire life, essentially. Uh, 
been an Air Force Academy in 20 years uh, everywhere else as a military assignment. Always tried to get reassigned uh, to Colorado Springs and uh, <laughs> didn't have the luck there. I always, always complain to you know, all my uh, brethren uh, uh, space operations uh, 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 <laughs> officers because uh, they got they, they always talk about how they got stationed here two three times in in their career and I and I never got career, uh, assigned here. I had to retire and move to move back here and work at Northcom as a civilian for a couple of years. <laughs> right on, but you've you've garnered that work ethic from mom and dad. Yep. So unpack that a little bit for us because that's kind of made you who you are today. Sure, and that's why I always think you know that, that previous generation, uh, the ones that that really sacrificed and worked hard, because essentially almost all you know my parents and my aunts and uncles that came over, and my older cousins, uh, pretty much worked manual labor in some some fashion or worked in machine operations, construction, uh, those kind of things. But they worked so hard to make sure that us, that next generation, uh, could get the education. And so we've got we've got families and cousins now. Uh, that are uh, uh, teachers, uh, that are uh, lawyers, uh, military officers. Uh, I graduated from the Air Force Academy. My cousin's son graduated, unfortunately, from West Point. Uh, but, uh, you know, congratulate <laughs> we'll him. Unfortunately, yeah. just because it's a rival service <laughs> of academy. Course. But uh, but we've started to see great things. Uh, and then that next generation, uh, we I want to be the example to others and, so, and pass along that work ethic mm-hmm. uh, and belief uh, in uh, that the United States is that land of opportunity and they can all do great things. And, and I want to help the, not just my, uh, my relatives and uh, family members, but everybody. And that's why I get out and I try to do, uh, get the word out on, on that. And uh, like uh, today trying yeah. to speak about uh, how we can help that next generation and our youth to be the best they can be. Absolutely. And I know you, all you guys are on tour um, out there in the community. You're doing, you know, fast speed, speed dating, um, uh, with the the mayoral discussion, you're doing speech after speech. You're doing debate format. You're doing these radio interviews. Uh, how are you holding up, man? Uh, well, so uh, <laughs> not a little sleep deprived, uh, but okay. uh, better. Uh, it's also energizing in many ways. So getting together, uh, getting to uh, meet uh, new people and meet people that I've I've worked with in the past. Uh, you know, so I'm a, count, a current county commissioner, uh, and so. Uh, I've gotten to meet with a lot of our local nonprofits or our faith-based yep. communities or uh, government and uh, non-government agencies uh, and being able to collaborate with them for the last six years. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm in my second term as a commissioner. And so uh, being able to work with them and uh, advance the policies that really benefit our residents and uh, uh, be a good voice for an advocate for our residents and our uh, Colorado Springs and El Paso County. Uh, so I'm very proud of my record of being able to uh, support our residents here. Uh, you know, I've really pri- prioritized as a county commissioner things as uh, public safety, which is government's number one job, making yep. sure that families uh, and individuals uh, feel and are safe in their homes and in their neighborhoods. That's and right. so I want to make sure that we address uh, any crime issues, uh, roads and infrastructure, and then doing what I can, uh, again, prioritizing those same things in, in, these, in the run for mayor uh, for our great city. And so those are the kind of things I've been looking at and uh, discussing um, On day a regular after day basis. after day. <laughs> You're getting very familiar with the topic. Well, we're going to do a deeper dive here in the next few minutes on some of those topics and how you're positioned uh, to tackle those sure. as mayor of Colorado Springs. I'm sitting here with Lojinos Gonzalez, Jr. Uh, he is an El Paso County Commissioner for District 4. Um, if you're new to the region, that's kind of the southern part of Colorado Springs. Uh, so after you get past the World Arena, you're kind of in that Harrison district, that school district, uh, the Broadmoors nearby. So lots going on down there. And you intentionally 
picked that region to serve, and I want to unpack that as well because that that's an extraordinary act of service. Because uh, there's a lot going on down there, there's a lot of folks that are kind of up and coming, and uh, you're you're one of those folks trying to give them a leg up. So, and we want to make sure the folks up here on the northern community and the eastern community out in the plains they also get to know you. Um, so we're going to tackle some of the issues. Lojinos Gonzalez Jr., candidate for mayor, coming up uh, election day, April fourth. Make your voice heard, folks. Get out there and vote. Uh, so hang in there with us. Uh, we're going to go back uh, with Lojinos and talk about the topics in more in depth right after this. I got a nightmare phone call that no parent wants to receive. Someone hit me going 60 miles an hour. Dr. Ramos uh, came highly recommended. When I showed him the x-rays, he immediately knew exactly what was wrong. We've had a tremendous experience with Ramos Law. Really, I could not be happier. Having the car accident was an accident. Finding Ramos Law was no accident. Injured in a car accident? Ramos Law can help. RamosLaw.com. All right, and we're back with Lojinos Gonzalez, Jr., candidate for mayor. This is Dirk Hobbs. I'm your host of True North. Welcome back. Uh, We just got to know Lojinos a little bit, and now we're going to drill down into some of the topics that make him the candidate for mayor in this April's election. So uh, you're a retired lieutenant colonel, intelligence officer, 20 years. Thank you for your service, sir. Thanks. We do appreciate that. Uh, that never can be said enough. You've been a resident here for 14 years, so you've gotten to know the community. Um, you opted really to kind of serve down in the southern part of the community. Unpack that for us a little bit. Sure. And so when I came back, I wanted to make sure uh, I could do what I could for our community. And uh, I was working at Northcom for a couple of years. And so uh, access to the southeast, eastern part of the uh, city made sense. And so I, I settled there in the south and uh, uh, ended up doing that for two years, uh, and I, I really wanted to give back. And so, as I transitioned uh, out from a civilian military, mm-hmm. uh, I had uh, again had already done my master's degree in education. So, wanted to, to get into the field and start giving back to my community, as I always had always promised uh, myself I would do. Uh, and so, I started teaching. I was at Carmel Middle School there on the south side. Uh, it's actually been uh, renovated and is now Carmel uh, Community School. So it's now K through middle school. Oh wow! Uh, and so uh, that's okay. a new change. Uh, uh, but I still substitute to teach uh, every now and then there in the Harrison School District. Uh, try to help out the community uh, and and be a good community advocate and leader. Uh, and so I just always wanted to, uh, to work uh, for others, uh, give back. And so after I got elected, uh, continue to do that. And uh, and I do really think, as you mentioned, uh, I'm trying to highlight some of the leadership aspects. Uh, you know, being a military officer, uh, my last assignment, I was the deputy director of intelligence at the. Uh, uh, headquarters for intelligence uh, for the Air Force. And so uh, wow. 100, 100 million dollar projects and uh, uh, budgets and uh, uh, personnel decisions uh, and advocacy for uh, all uh, Air Force intelligence personnel worldwide. Yeah, you uh, So I had that executive level uh, leadership. And then uh, as a, uh, a county commissioner, having a similar type of uh, leadership uh uh, that the mayor uh, decision making that has to be done, but uh, split amongst five county commissioners instead of one mayoral uh, position. Mm-hmm. Uh, so same thing, hundred million dollar uh, 
budget uh, for the county and decisions that uh, impact uh, everybody's lives uh, in Colorado Springs and El Paso County. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so uh, the leadership there. uh, And then just some of the things that people have seen over the last six years as a county commissioner. uh, I think some good examples when I was first elected, we had the PFOS, the water contamination issue there in the Widefield Aquifer that affected Fountain, Security Widefield, and even Stratmore Hills. Uh, and uh, I I jumped right in, started working with our uh, Peterson uh, Air Force Base then, uh, Space Force Base now, uh, our senators, our congressmen, uh, and our local leaders uh, and elected officials to get that uh, that water issue addressed. Uh, we immediately got the Air Force and the Department of Defense come in uh, and set up uh, uh, long-term water filtration systems, which are in place now, and so that the, uh, our residents are drinking uh, safe water uh, for uh, drinking water for for their families and for uh, making sure that uh, we're taking care of everybody. I saw as one really good example of uh, leadership that came out. Uh, One of the other things that we also did was uh, uh, during COVID, uh, another highlight uh, with the COVID, the state uh, shutdowns, a lot of businesses were struggling. Families were struggling uh, to put uh, food on the table. Uh, and so I was one of the loudest advocates for uh, getting our businesses reopened, uh, variances, uh, expansions, uh, and getting exemptions to getting them reopened and getting families back to work. And so uh, what resulted there because of that advocacy uh, and leadership mm-hmm. uh, was uh, – the Colorado Springs metro region was the first in all of Colorado to recover fully uh, economically post-COVID. Uh, and those are the kind of things that I really appreciated and, and, and thought uh, and, and believe I, I bring to the table uh, in terms of a, a, a record of leadership. Well, and of course, the national conversation is starting to unfold. And that's not looking too pretty for some of the folks that are at the national level and the discussion that was happening there. And those who were proponents of shutting everything down, mass mandates, you know, school closures, all that stuff. So I fully appreciate the fact that you are on that on that page and you saw through that, that kind of minutia of information and tried to help businesses get back online. Yeah. I think, I think month after month we see new reports showing that the stances I took yeah. two years ago were, were the right stances and yeah. really helped our residents and our community and our business community. That's pretty powerful. Uh, one man. of the other things we did, uh, uh, in terms of those businesses, was advocating for those uh, small business grants. And uh, we yeah. gave out about $24 million uh, to assist those businesses to uh, recover. Uh, and uh, locally, with, uh, it was about uh, 1,600 small businesses were able to take that uh, opportunity and, and help help save them and help uh, support our families. See, this, this is what folks don't see. Uh, when they say, well, do you trust your government? Yeah, no, whatever. I mean, these these are the types of initiatives uh, that are going on behind the scenes, not really behind the scenes, but, you know, they're not the ones that, that the news is, is trumpeting and saying, here, here are some of the successful moves, county commissioners, city council members, mayors, you know, legislators at every level actually are working hard on the part of individuals and businesses and, and of course, you know, our, our kids. So I, I appreciate that about you. And uh, the folks that really stood their ground through all this, this headwind of, of uh, you know, let's just hide under the, in the bunker for the next two years until this thing blows over. So you, you started talking about the water component. Uh, this is a huge touchstone topic for Colorado Springs and El Paso County, actually the state. So go into that a little bit. Sure. So water, one, water quality, but uh, water uh, uh, 
uh, availability, availability is a huge deal. And it was one of the things I ran on when I was running for county commissioner uh, because unincorporated, uh, which makes up uh, so much of the uh, eastern plains, uh, east of Colorado Springs and, and our Pikes Peak region, uh, there, there's a, a lack of water there. Yeah. And we're seeing not just there, but uh, as we're seeing uh, a lot of the uh, – uh, the Arkansas River, uh, everything, all the water basins, uh, you know, be getting lower and lower. And uh, water compacts amongst all our partner uh, western, southwest states, uh, they want, they're going to have to redo that because of the lack of water. And so these are the things that I, I was taking into account uh, years ago. Uh, and so I was a advocate for updating our county's water master plan, which we did just about two years ago, to take a, a have more input on how we should be making land use decisions long term. Uh, and that's what I want to see the city do as well. Let's get a long term uh, plan together, uh, water and land use uh, annexation. Uh, how do we make these long term growth plans? But we got to take water into account. Uh, and that's why I've occasionally voted against projects. You know, uh, uh, we have questions about development. We, clearly, we're going to have to continue to grow as a community. People love this area, want to move here. Mm-hmm. But we got to do, uh, do it in a way that's smart takes into account water. And so I have occasionally been a voice where I said, you know, this project doesn't make sense. Uh, there's not enough water there, or maybe there's some issues, uh, uh, you know, on the west side, evacuation issues have been something that's popped up. Uh, but water is one of those primary components uh, and areas of input that we must address. And so I'm asking for stakeholder meetings uh, over uh, these next, I've already call, asked for them and called for them. Uh, but as mayor, I'll, I'll uh, convene them and make sure that we bring the stakeholders together, our partners, our water districts, the city and the county, uh, and make a long-term regional approach to how we can adequately and smartly grow uh, that we can, so that we can conserve our water and make sure that we have an adequate supply of water and uh, clean, safe water. So you you function a lot and you focused a lot of your attention over the last several years in southern Colorado Springs. So convince people uh, how, how your uh, skills and experiences down there translate into an entire community from north to south. Sure. Uh, and that's a great question. And uh, I've been an advocate for everybody uh, in the community. And uh, you can see that in the different things that I participate in and, and advocate for. Uh, and some of that is uh, we, see we are the largest by far uh, veteran community. Uh, and you've already mentioned, you know, we've mentioned, you know, my background as a military uh, officer, but uh, I, I serve on the board of Mount Carmel. Uh, which is helping to support Excellent all organization. Yep. Oh, outstanding organization. Uh, and I was appointed to the state's uh, a Board of Veteran Affairs, uh, where I represent veterans uh, throughout the entire state. Wonderful. Uh, and then an additional uh, uh, I work on a, a senior center uh, as a board member as well. So uh, advocating for all seniors uh, throughout our community, not just in the southeast, uh, but throughout our community. And the decisions I've uh, advocated for and voted for uh, as it comes to public safety and roads and infrastructure absolutely have always benefited everybody. And, and I've not been the type of commissioner that says, well, there's an important road project, uh, project that needs funding. Uh, I've not been the one who says, well, it needs to be in my district. It's like, if this is an important road project for our our city, our county, mm-hmm. uh, even if it's in another district, let's get it done let's because it done. we need to make sure that uh, some, uh, because it does uh, a benefit in one area of the county benefits everybody in That's the right. county and, and, and a benefit in the north part of the city benefits everybody as well. Uh, I just want to make sure that all areas of the city do receive the uh, the same, uh, not necessarily the same, but benefit as well. And occasionally we do see some areas of the city that, uh, 
you know, might get a little bit more love than other areas. Uh, we've seen a lot of great benefit and growth in the north and downtown. That's great. Renovation. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, we want to make sure that people in the southeast, down in the central part of the city, uh, and the eastern uh, part, which is a growing hub of activity and growth and housing, uh, we need to make sure that we're addressing all of that. And while also taking care of the people on the, the west side who have great concerns of uh, – Evacuation, fire, uh, wildland right. interface uh, concerns uh, and growth concerns because uh, they've got water issues as well. And they have valid concerns of what happens if a wildfire happens again and they need to get out. And so those are the kind of questions we need to do. Uh, and I think I've been a leader that's shown I'm willing to work with everybody. Indeed you have. Uh, sitting here with El Paso County Commissioner for District 4, Rojinos Gonzalez Jr. He is running for mayor. And uh, I'm going to throw you a quick curveball here, brother. Uh, what is your jam song in the car? You know what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like all types of music, and yeah. I do listen to a lot of uh, country uh, as well. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? I really like Santana's Smooth. Oh, tell me about it. That's a beauty. All right. Well, we're going to come back and we're going to unpack some of his economic development outlook, public safety, uh, affordable housing, and some other topics. I'm Dirk Hobbs, your host, sitting here with Lojinos Gonzalez, Jr. You're listening to True North on AM 1460 and 101.1 FM, The Answer. Back in a minute. We're back with Lojinos Gonzalez, Jr., candidate for mayor. Uh, you can find him on the web, Gonzalez with a Z, for mayor.com. You can dial him up, 719-247-2934. That's 719-247-2934. Again, Gonzalez with a Z, for mayor.com. So check it out. Uh, check out his positions, uh, his working for the people piece on his websites. Terrific. He talks about the issues in depth. And we're here in quarter number three. We're going to unpack his uh, public safety perspective. Uh, Lohino's pre- uh, walk us into this because th- this is a hot button topic across the nation. But boil it down in here for us here in, in El Paso County and Colorado Springs. What what does that translate into you? What is the public safety message? Sure. For me, uh, it's always been that I've always believed public safety is government's number one job. And for me, it's my number one priority in making sure we improve that situation in Colorado Springs. Uh, Again, I think and believe every resident should be safe in their home and in their neighborhood. Uh, And I actually have the hands-on experience uh, working side-by-side with law enforcement. Uh, I did uh, nearly 10 years uh, on and off uh, of my 20 years in the military uh, working uh, counter-drug issues. And mm-hmm. so I got to work with a lot of our agencies that were law enforcement, uh, including State Patrol. I uh, was the intelligence liaison to the HIDA, the high-intensity drug trafficking uh, units uh, in uh, South Florida. Uh, and so I have those ties uh, working with law enforcement. And then locally, uh, I actually served six years on Colorado Springs Public Safety Sales Sex Oversight Committee, which helped uh, the funding for our Colorado Springs police and fire. And so I worked alongside our uh, police and fire chiefs during those times, and I was the chair in my last year of that city committee. Uh, and so uh, what I believe, I believe our community deserves excellence in meeting our critical service needs of 
for police and first response as well. Uh, and some of the concerns that have been brought up and that I've been monitoring uh, was a great concern in homicides last year. Mm. Uh, increased 22% in Colorado Springs last year, uh, year over year. That's got to be fixed. That's unacceptable. We need to make sure we address that. Indeed. Uh, the Manning issue as well continues. Uh, that, that's something we saw statewide uh, and even at the county, but we finally got back up to authorized strength with our sheriff's deputies. Uh, uh, the city is not there yet. We need to fix that. And so I want to look at the budgets, make sure that we're streamlining, making things more efficient with the city budget so that we can better fund the department and make sure if it's a retention recruiting uh, that uh, we're addressing that through salary or benefits, mm-hmm. uh, as well as improving the morale. Uh, there was a little bit of uh, morale issues over the last several years. We saw the public Tell me about it. some backlash. You know, I back the blue. Uh, I'm endorsed by uh, the president of Colorado's uh pro-police rally uh, because of my demonstrated support and record of supporting our law enforcement over the my career as a uh, county commissioner. Uh, and so uh, I want to make sure that we address the morale issue and the manning issue and make sure that they're uh, the best trained in the state. And you got to dovetail the morale issue with training because uh, that's also the other part of the discussion of increasing our police force and our police presence in any given community. Um, how do you view that? Sure. And one of the things we can do and one of the things I will be uh, do is making sure we're convening town halls uh, with our community uh, leaders, uh, uh, those people who have been, had questions about our law enforcement. Are, are, are they the best they can be? How can we improve the department? Uh, bring them together with our law enforcement leaders. Uh, and I've already done that. Last year, I participated in two forums. One, I moderated uh, co-moderated one of the forums with our local law enforcement and community leaders. And the other one I participated in directly as a panelist uh, representing El Paso County uh, and being somebody that lives in the southeast uh, where some of those concerns from the community have come up. Uh, and uh, we need to make sure that that trust is there, uh, that confidence is there, uh, and that uh, the department knows that the community and our residents here believe in them and trust in them. Uh, and I'm going to make sure that, that we are brought together so that we have that. And uh, I'm, I believe I'm the candidate that can best do that with my experience working uh, with law enforcement and, and then being part of that community uh, that has been uh, bringing up questions uh, and bringing them together. And so we're going to be able to address these crime issues uh, as well as the uh, one of the other concerns uh, that has come up over the last uh, two years, and I've brought it up uh, for over a year, uh, call response times. Uh, they were exactly. uh, they were yep. uh, acknowledged by the previous police chief as being below average, uh, and that's not acceptable. When somebody calls uh, because they're they're in dire straits in an, in an emergency, they need to know that they're not going to have their call dropped, uh, and they need to know that it's going to be answered in a timely manner. And so, if that uh, it requires new tr- uh, more training, mm-hmm. software or hardware updates to the systems, uh, or uh, additional manning, or we're going to fix it. And that's not merely a geography problem because, you know, we have sen- several central stations throughout the community, uh, but we are growing. And so do new substations need to exist out there? Or are we, we shallow there? Uh, we're going to have to build a couple more. Uh, and one of the things that uh, at my serving on the uh, the sales tax oversight committee, the mm-hmm. public safety uh one, uh, that was where some of the funding went. So uh, uh, we used some of those uh, funds uh, to pay for the land uh, for the uh, Sand Creek uh, substation. Yep. Right. And so we want to make sure uh, that those decisions, uh, uh, that those do happen, because we need to make sure that we have uh, more patrolling, 
uh, as well. Uh, but this ties hand in hand, and I think we'll talk about uh, in a little bit uh, housing. So yeah. where do we grow? Well, let's well, dovetail let's, right into oh, that. Sure. Yep. Uh, well, again, so again, number one priority, I'm going to address those public safety issues, address the uh, the car theft. Uh, you know, the homicide rate, we're going to fix that because that's my number one priority and people can trust that I will do that. Uh, the other aspect as we just talked about is grow in the right areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure that we utilize our infill areas uh, to grow. Uh, there are already existing services nearby. There's already substations nearby in the infill areas of the city. And then we do long-term growth decisions. Let's do it in a way that's effective and efficient and lower cost. How do you save money? Well, one, let's advocate to uh, cut regulations. Let's cut our fees. Colorado Springs uh, just enacted a new impact fee on housing and mm-hmm. development, uh, commercial and residential. That's just going to add cost to housing. Let's cut fees, not raise them. And let's cut regulation that cuts time and, again, helps save money uh, because time is money. And that's going to uh, c- uh, keep our costs down. But if we grow smartly, we can uh, find those areas of growth uh, opportunities that are already near existing essential services, like our police stations, like our fire stations, and like utility connections, uh, and utilize the already existing infrastructure. We grow in those areas, and then you have less needs for those newer substations. And Mm -hmm. so you're going to be able to save money there. And again, that's going to help keep our costs down. But that's how you make effective use of our uh, essential services, like our police department, our fire department, our uh, office of emergency management making sure that our growth is in an area that uh, makes sense, uh, protects water resources, uh, and utilizes in an effective manner uh, our police and fire. And and that's going to help our communities because, again, uh, we need to make sure that our community members and residents and families feel safe in their neighborhoods. Yep. Unpack the economic development equation from your your standpoint. I mean, smart growth is one thing. Uh, I heard cutting a tax, basically, that impact tax, um, to not be in the equation anymore. I mean, do you think that really has teeth, that, that concept of removing that? Well, I think the impact fee can be definitely removed, uh, removed or at least uh, reduced so that we can uh, help our, uh, you know, keep costs down in, in construction. Uh, one of the things I've seen uh, at the city since 2019, uh, their budgets increased 36%. Uh, and so there's there are funds there without having to go back and add more burdens uh, to our businesses or our, our residents. And that's why I've, I've publicly stated I will oppose any tax increase or tax uh uh, new taxes for for residents uh, because uh, I I don't believe we should be adding any more burdens to our taxpayers, especially since we saw the <laughs> COVID shutdowns right. that hurt families, yep. the inflation we're living through right now, uh, and uh, unfortunately, uh, part of the cost of living and the housing issues uh, are utilities. Utility bills. Our utility bills have gone up probably 30, 40% in the last several years. Big increases. Uh, yep. Huge increases when just several years ago they, they promised that, that we, would hit, we wouldn't grow more than single digit increases in uh, our utility rates over a decade. Uh, and we are seeing much greater uh, uh, utility rate costs uh, because of decisions. And, and I want to work with our utilities board, uh, which is city council, uh, to help re- re- reverse that and mm-hmm. bring our utility rates down because they have gone up far too much and far too high. And uh, we need to address that as well. All right. We'll dive back into that in Q4. Uh, we're sitting here with Lojinos Gonzalez Jr. He is candidate for mayor. You can find him online, Gonzalez with a Z, for mayor.com. Uh, the phone number for the office over there is 719-247-2934. Uh, also check out his website, lojinosformayor.com, and it's L-O-N-G-I-N-O-S. 
Formare.com, great website, very clear, very concise. Appreciate that. Um, we're going to come back and talk a little more about affordable housing, economic development, and then kind of how you see prioritizing those early days of your administration. Uh, so we'll get back into that. But in the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, I uh, want to uh, remind you of our sponsor, Ramos Law, the doctor, lawyer, and partner combining medical and legal knowledge for better outcomes for you. We appreciate them because they bring us this show along with Salem Media. So stand by. We're going to be back in just a few minutes uh, with Lojinos Gonzalez Jr. He is candidate for mayor. April 4th is the election. Uh, the ballot should drop, what, March 10th? March 10th or 11th? I believe they're being mailed out on the 10th. Okay. And so a few few seconds after that, uh, probably the next day or so, you'll, you'll see those in your uh, mailbox. There's no in-person voting this year. Uh, so you got to fill out your ballots, all mail in. Make sure you do it, folks. Let's let's hear the voice of El Paso County and Colorado Springs this year on April 4th when we elect our new mayor. We're back in just a moment. One critical fact that needs to be established is that your injuries were caused by the accident incident you were involved in. For your case to have merit, it must be made clear that had you not been in the crash in the first place, you wouldn't have been hurt. This is one of the most important steps in the entire process, and leaving it to anyone but an expert is a serious mistake. Ramos Law, doctor, lawyer, partner, combining medical and legal knowledge for better outcomes for you. All right, we're back in the fourth quarter here with Longinos Gonzalez Jr. He's a candidate for mayor in this April's election. Uh, April 4, uh, you're going to get your mail-in ballots here somewhere after March 10th. So check your mailbox. Make sure you do your due diligence on all these great candidates. This this is a full field of, of great individuals who are going to spend the next four years serving our community as mayor. And uh, this is a serious job. I mean, Colorado Springs has grown up, and uh, we're, we're growing up in a lot of great areas. And with that growth comes some challenges. Um, and no one mayor can do it all. Uh, we've had some prosperity in the last several years, and uh, we want to continue that. Um, but there's some other things that we can also do better. And Longinos has kind of unpacked some of those things for us here this morning. Uh, we talked about a little bit about public safety. We talked about water. Uh, we talked about smart growth. Um, your your take on economic development as it relates to that smart growth, but also as it, re, as it relates to recruitment and retention of, uh, of people here in El Paso County and with that, Lohinos, is that infrastructure conversation that just never goes away. Oh, sure. And, uh, you know, as we as we grow as a city, uh, we want to make sure that we're repairing and maintaining uh, what we do already ex- have, ex- existing infrastructure. And so I want to continue uh, to emphasize uh, repairing and uh, expanding and improving our roads and infrastructure. Uh, again, as a county commissioner, that was uh, uh, next to public safety, my 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 next highest priority. And I want to continue that as mayors of Colorado Springs, uh, highlighting public safety, roads and infrastructure. Let's get it fixed. Let's get it improved. Uh, and what's that going to do? It's going to benefit the business community. Of it's course. going to benefit our neighborhoods who are going to feel pride uh, in the, uh, in their community. I, I think in the Gazette, they finally said it's been 50 years since that the uh, major South Academy 
uh, boulevard improvements that are going to start here in about the next week or two. 50 wow. years. That's uh, since, <laughs> and, uh, you can't wait 50 years to improve the, the ma- major our roadways. And so I want to make sure that we're addressing that better uh, and make sure that it's better funded and make sure that uh, our, our neighborhoods uh, throughout the city uh, get those uh, issues addressed and the potholes filled. Uh, and again, that's going to benefit the community of residents and our businesses. Uh, and, and I think we do need uh, good, strong leadership uh, to continue uh, for our economic uh, development and uh, prosperity for our city. Uh, and uh, I think I've demonstrated that as a county commissioner uh, and that uh, I can bring that advocacy uh, to the city. So uh, uh, we all know you've got to be a good uh, uh, advocate, cheerleader almost, uh, in some ways for our city, uh, mm-hmm. for businesses. Because what we would like to see, we'd like to see some uh, great new uh, high-paying jobs come in with new companies. We also want to see our, our, our great local strong companies expand. Uh, and so the the mayor does get to advocate and work uh, on making that happen. And so I think I've got the background to really uh, help us uh, be that advocate and successful advocate uh, for our business community. So uh, as uh, a lot of what we do here uh, is driven by our defense industries and contract uh, companies, Uh, what better than an Air Force Academy graduate, retired uh, military officer who, uh, when I was in the military, utilized a lot of those defense contract uh, uh, like, equipment that's uh, right. and and personnel uh, yep. downrange, uh, helping us uh, advocate. Uh, better to advocate for uh, protecting our military installations. Uh, you know, we've, we're going through the current situation with Space Force. That's right. You know, what better than somebody that has lived all this uh, advocate for them? And then I am a businessman. I have uh, uh, I work uh, with the rental properties and real estate, and so uh, I, I understand where. Uh, uh, nationwide and statewide policies uh, may hurt us. Well, we need somebody that can advocate to push back against any bad bills that might be coming back, coming to us from the state level uh, and advocate for policies that help our businesses and our residents. Uh, and so those are the kind of things I think I can do. My background is a uh, middle school teacher and uh, I also taught uh, college uh, and I was the chair of our workforce center uh, consortium board here uh, for the Pikes Peak region. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so having that experience, hands-on experience with the, the workforce allows me to understand how we can better match our labor pool uh, with employers and companies that are coming into town or expanding. So the, the the defense discussion, the defense contractor discussion has obviously been a mainstay in, in, in Southern Colorado and particularly Colorado Springs for a very long time. And it's, it's a huge part of our economy. We cannot, cannot ignore it. We have to edify that in as many ways as we can. Uh, but we also have to diversify our economic strategy as we're growing. So we have a thriving tourism industry. We have a growing entertainment district discussion going on here. We have amateur sports. Um, this this is one of the hubs in the nation for that. What are those? Uh, express any thoughts on those, but also what other sectors do you think uh, should be coming into Colorado Springs and taking our community seriously as a, a place to land? Sure. Uh, that's a great question. Uh, and so, and that's why I think my experience uh, having worked with our, uh, our workforce center, uh, being a county commissioner, where I've worked with our local chambers, uh, all of them to help with uh, advance these companies uh, and business opportunities. Uh, and then also working with uh, the SBDC, the Small Business Development Center, which right. was on, uh, on a part of El Paso County. Uh, so the experience there helps me understand a lot of this and how we can best match these services 
uh, and job opportunities uh, with the companies uh, and expand that. So tourism, clearly, I came back. I moved back because of the outdoors <laughs> and I love this area. Uh, that is we need to uh, make sure we're promoting that as best possible and yeah, expand man. those opportunities. Uh, and one of the other areas that I think we can uh, expand and, and hope to promote is uh, health care. Uh, and uh, ensure that, that that's something in a, in a growing city. Uh, expectations are we will surpass Denver in terms of size over the next uh, couple decades. Sure. Uh, it's going to happen, uh, and uh, we are already the largest uh, uh, county in Colorado. So I, I think there's areas there in the uh, health health uh, care and health services mm-hmm. uh, to expand. Uh, we're still in need of, uh, of I, I believe, uh, nearly or over 900 nurses locally. So I yeah. think there's areas there uh, in the medical uh, field and the health care field uh, that we can expand on and promote. Uh, but uh, this is a, we do need to expand the base mm-hmm. uh, in terms of uh, uh, job uh, sectors. Uh, but I think we're we're able to do that. And I, I believe I'm the right person to advance that with my I background. I appreciate that. Now, with these new jobs comes the need to discuss affordable housing in this community because it is really expensive to live anywhere in the country anymore. But in particular, Colorado Springs, uh, some of the rent rates on the northern side are in the 2000s. I mean, it's excruciating. Absolutely. And that goes hand in hand, as we talked about in some of these job opportunities. We want to retain and recruit talent. And some of that is going to be young talent. Uh, some of them are going That's to be right. some of our, you know, our uh, the family's childrens that are going to be finishing college in the next couple of years. <laughs> want them to stay. Do they want? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Do they have an opportunity with the jobs here uh, to stay uh, and be able to afford some place to, to live? That's right. Uh, you know, outside of mom and dad's, uh, you know, basement. We want to make sure that there's opportunities <laughs> here. Right. And uh, that's what uh, we need to look at. And so uh, getting the housing uh, uh, stock up throughout the price points is yeah. important because uh, we want to make sure that those uh, either lower income or new homeowners have an op- have an opportunity with homes in the you know really starting in the three hundreds but you know more in the four hundreds uh, right. thousands uh, for average uh, home sales uh, we're we're seeing that uh, a down payment. Is just beyond the reach of somebody who's just graduated college, or for many families, of course. Of course. And yeah. so, how do we help that? And I, I have experience by working on the county's housing authority, uh, and so there are opportunities there. I tell people to go look at look up the El Paso County's Turnkey Program, which helps with down payment assistance, and that is a huge help uh, to our either lower income or new home buyers uh, get into their first home uh, uh, or or next home. And these are opportunities that we need to to do because uh, for many people, this is their, their, their biggest investment uh, right. of a lifetime. And so we want to make sure those opportunities exist for uh, all our uh, new employees or existing employees. And uh, so we do have to attack the, uh, uh, tackle the housing uh, concerns and uh, retain and recruit that talent and hope, help hopefully keep all of the great talent we have here in place. And recruit new talent. Well, you, you've covered a lot of real estate in a short time, Lohinos. We appreciate that. And I want to give you one solid minute uninterrupted to make your case for people's vote on April 4th. Go. Well, well thank you very much for having <laughs> me today. So, you know, really, uh, I'm running for mayor because I believe in service to others and giving back to the community. And I think I've demonstrated it in my career. As a retired military officer and academy graduate, uh, a current county commissioner, a business owner, uh, a former school teacher, I believe I have the experience and the leadership skills to, that matches our community and uh, and can best lead our great city forward. I'm going to prioritize our public safety because that's my number one priority and reduce our crime issues. 
We're going to better fund our roads and infrastructure. And we're going to address those water and uh, housing and growth concerns we just talked about. I absolutely believe in fiscal responsibility. Uh, and I'm, again, I've stated I will oppose any new taxes or tax increases because I don't want to add any more burdens uh, to the cost of living to our residents who uh, need to recover. And so I just want to be sure that I am an advocate for our residents and a voice for our residents. And so with that broad background, I really do believe that I can be the voice and the leader that uh, Colorado Springs uh, needs uh, and uh, ask for people's support. So I'm asking people to go to, to gonzalesformayor.com. That's a Z in the middle and a Z at the end. gonzalesformayor.com. Uh, look up uh, uh, additional information about the policies and things that I support. And I do believe I've got the the experience, the leadership skills, and the conservative voice uh, and values that best matches our community. And I ask for people to vote for Lojinos Gonzalez Jr. for mayor. Thank you, sir. And thank you again for your service 20 years in the Air Force. We appreciate it. Retired Lieutenant Colonel Lujinos Gonzalez Jr. has been with us unpacking his case for mayor. And look up and down the ballot, ladies and gentlemen. Don't just pick the top three. Look up and down the ballot. Take a look at those websites. See what the conversation is throughout the community. Uh, Lots of important things impacting our community, affordable housing, public safety, all those good things. So take a close look. Thank you for being here, sir. We appreciate you. Uh, It has been my pleasure uh, to host uh, True North this morning with Lojinos Gonzalez, Jr. Uh, I want to leave you with a song that I heard. It's a remake of a uh, Paul Simon song, uh, Simon and Garfunkel. It's Disturbs version of Sound of Silence. Check it out. It is an awesome song. You won't believe it. Back next week. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.